this uh, legitimately my day has been insane today like <laughs> i got done my last last call and then rolled right into uh to this meeting with you so I know we've got a ton of stuff to talk about. Some of it I have not even been able to prepare for <laughs> as much as I normally would and would like to. Always so, makes a uh, good show. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> They're going to get it. Everyone's just going to get it fresh right off the top of our heads as we're going through. We're going, we're going in Raw tonight. That's right. That's right. This is this is a, a rogue show tonight. We have no idea what's going what's gonna to happen. Of course, the thing that's funny is I don't think people necessarily fully understand how little preparation normally goes into it. Like, <laughs> meaning that there's a lot of prep that goes into what we're going to talk about, but yeah. no prep that goes into what either one of us are going to say or what our opinions are going to be or anything like that. Well, I mean, it's a good look uh, uh, into how our conversations have gone for the past 22 years as <laughs> exactly. well. Exactly. That's right. I mean, I, yeah. we just jump from one topic to the next topic. I mean, that's this is right. what inspired the show. Like, that's right. Because <laughs> by the end of the night, you're like, how did we get here? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, we're already having these conversations. So why not record it and let other people listen to it? Because the conversations would be had regardless. So, yeah, that's exactly right. Well, that doesn't make someone else suffer through them. That's right. <laughs> well, I got to listen to them. You got to listen to them too. That's right. Someone else has to. <laughs> <laughs> all right well if you're you, ready go yeah ahead. Hope, no i'm just saying hopefully you can't hear this uh apparently injured fox outside my window because um, <laughs> this is all i can hear i'm about That's to so go crazy. out and see if it needs help yeah you just <laughs> it's gonna be <laughs> can i call I, someone I for you <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, that's going to be the uh, the 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 surprise part of the show is just like you know you just go off camera for a little while and then like <laughs> I was going to bring the fox in and show it. <laughs> you can still do that after. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> that's <a> scruff. <laughs> Because I'll have missed, and it'll be biting me furiously. <laughs> yeah, he will already be biting you. <laughs> I'm not a good shot. <laughs> Someone else. Is there a doctor yeah. listening? I am positive this thing has rabies. <laughs> I feel it coursing through me already. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. All right, well, let's play the sucker in and uh, get ready to get this thing started. You ready? Right. Yes, sir. Right. Well, never mind. There we go. Nope. Nope. Never mind. What the heck is happening? This is what happens. This is this is the, the best laid plans. All right. Here we go. T minus ten, <laughs> nine, there eight, is. seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, zero, and liftoff. that's right that's right that's right welcome everybody you get the horn show tad and jeff here and by the way you noticed that the fade worked this time oh, look at that. <laughs> last two weeks in a row man it was just like a dead I'll, stop people felt I'll, like they were in a yeah. you call some like, car accidents i like the hard stop and lets people know we're serious whoa 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 <laughs> That's right. We gotta time. get right into this. Yeah. Time to fade it now. <laughs> this is too important. Stop what you're doing. Got no time. No time. 
Oh, uh, man. Well, we got some good stuff tonight, man. I think uh, we're going to be all over the place, uh, both in terms of, you know, the types of stories and, you know, what we'll talk about and everything else. Um, you know, and obviously there's always breaking news we're going to hit on as well. But, man, look, I think right now there's a fascinating story that I wanted to lead off with. And we've been texting about this on our on our kind of group chat for the last, I think, yes, since yesterday, maybe, or earlier today. I don't remember when it started. I think it was yesterday. Yeah. This thing about Michael Orr, former NFL player, Michael Orr, who anyone who doesn't know who that is, was the inspiration for the movie, The Blind Side. Blind Side was a movie. Came... <laughs> Blind Side came out several years ago. Sandra Bullock. Uh, insane, though, that that movie was like nominated for an Academy Award. Like, she won Best Actress. Yeah, that is insane to me. It, that is not, not a movie a... that is Academy Award worthy. I mean, Look, I, I feel like uh, uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. should have won it for radio over uh, <laughs> <laughs> over Sandra Bullock. <laughs> yeah, it's like all she did was just like dye her hair a little bit, and that was yeah. uh, essentially the movie. Yeah. So, but yeah, anyway. So, long story short, the the movie The Blind Side. Uh, all supposedly based on true story about this guy, Michael Orr, who this this family, the Tuies, had taken in because, you know, he had a messed up home life and everything else. And, and so they took care of him. Essentially, they adopted him, raised him as their own. He got through college and, then of course, went on to play in the NFL, uh, you know, largely for the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, I think a little bit for the Carolina Panthers, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, um, those three teams, yeah, if I remember correctly. Okay, kind of a so, kind of an underwhelming career, I would think. I mean, yeah, I think it was like a six year career, something like that. Yeah, I mean, nothing like I mean, nothing he, insane. You all drafted him to be the the anchor on the uh, the blind side yeah. for uh, you know, I mean, for a decade. But yeah, it's just man. Eh. Okay, career. I, I mean, I mean, better than probably ninety percent of you know left tackles. Yeah, but he in went the, in the uh, first round. He was a first he was, round draft. He was pick. A high yeah, yeah, he was the number twenty three pick overall in the two thousand and nine NFL draft. So he got drafted by the Ravens. He played for the Ravens from two thousand nine to two thousand thirteen. And you were right about three teams because he went to the Tennessee Titans for the twenty fourteen season. Then he went to the Panthers for fifteen and sixteen. And then, uh, then he retired. And and again, not for nothing. The guy went out a Super Bowl champion, um, you know. But he was a better college player than NFL player. You know, when you look at his college, I mean, he was a two time, uh, two time first team All SEC in 07 and 08. He was second team All SEC in 2006. Unanimous All American in 2008. So I mean, there was a lot to like about him. Uh, it just you know didn't quite pan out in the way that you would maybe think it would with a first round. Sure you know, linemen that you're drafting. All that having been said, he was adopted by this family. The family raised him up, got him to the NFL. He was super close with them. Uh, the, then the movie comes out, books come out, like all kinds of stuff. And after the movie came out, he complained about it, kind of how he was portrayed. In the movie, he is a kind of portrayed as kind of a big dummy. In fairness, yes, he's portrayed as like, like, like he's on and nothing wrong with it um, for anyone that wants to be offended with me saying this, but he was portrayed as someone being on like the autism spectrum. Right. 
right? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, like just that. I always, yeah. uh, I love to give uh, T Rock a hard time because you all are Ravens fans, and uh, you know, I always uh, never had one of these before. And she's like, "What's, what's that? A room to your own? A bed? <laughs> what are you telling Michael? Or never had a yeah. bed growing up? Never had a bed until he's nineteen years old or whatever he was. Yeah, he's seventy. So yeah, he was just portrayed as this big, dumb, stupid idiot." And clearly he wasn't, but that's yeah. how they portrayed it. You know, it was very weird. Yeah. Because like you hear interviews with him and you're like, yeah, he doesn't sound like he's slow and like, oh, he's dumb. well-spoken and an intelligent well guy. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so no always thought there. it was weird. Always thought it was weird, but yeah. yeah. And he came out with complaints and stuff afterwards. Now, look, here's the thing that's tricky, right? And and obviously I don't want to go too far into this aspect of it because it's, it's not as important. However, it is a movie. And when they're making a movie, if it's just kind of like, oh, okay, here's this uh, smart, well-spoken, super athletically talented guy who should have every chance to be successful and go into college and play in the NFL. Well, there's not a lot of drama to that, right? So it has to be that they kind of like are going to overly, you know, dramatize this. And they did that with him. And again, kind of at his own expense. And so... What happened was there was a book that came out in 2006 from Michael Lewis. Michael Lewis, of course, being the author of Moneyball. And that book was called The Blind Side, Evolution of a Game. Before the book was published, excerpts appeared in the New York Times Magazine as the Ballad of Big Mike, uh, that being Michael Orr. His portion of the book was adapted for film, and then they made the movie The Blind Side. This was released in November of 2009. <laughs> And oh Sandra God. Bullock, Tim McGraw, the movie was nominated for Academy Awards for both Best Picture and Best Actress for Sandra Bullock, uh, with Sandra Bullock winning, um, which is insane. And, and to think that that's Best Picture as well is yeah. ridiculous. Uh, but anyway, so then Orr wrote his autobiography, I Beat the Odds, From Homelessness to the Blind Side and Beyond in 2011. Well, now, just in the past few days... Michael Orr has filed a lawsuit against Leanne and Sean Tuey, the parents that brought him into their home and took care of him and raised him up, saying that they never actually adopted him, but they instead created a conservatorship, which gave them legal authority to make business deals in his name. He alleged that the Tuies used their power as conservators to strike a deal that paid them and their two children millions of dollars in royalties from the Blindside movie, while Orr got nothing uh it's interesting it's an interesting story so i guess that we can we can start there i guess if you want that we that can be our our foot in the door on where to go with this thing because let's face it we're not talking about michael Orr right now because of the movie the blind side which came out in 2009 we're talking about this latest accusation now being made against the people that brought him up conservatorship for people who maybe aren't familiar with the term you may have heard of it with regards to britney spears because yeah. her family her father had a conservatorship uh, you know over her managing finances and, and taking care of the money and so you know or has alleged essentially that i just found out i was never adopted that it was a conservatorship and you know blah 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 and i i lost out on all this money and now he's suing the family that took care of him. so i say all that to say what say you what do you think about this situation yeah, there's a lot we don't a, know yet, but what do you think? 
Yeah, and doesn't he have a book coming out uh, also now? Uh, he does indeed. <laughs> very he does good timing indeed. for that. <laughs> it is. It, yeah. Always weird how that stuff works. And you yes. just now found out it, uh, what is he now, 35 years 37. old? 37. 37 years old. You just now found out, like, that movie came out in 2009. <laughs> so we're looking at, what are we looking at, 16? Almost 15 15- years, 15 something years, like that. Something like that. 14, yeah. 15 years ago, and you just now realize, wait a second, there's no money coming in my mailbox. <laughs> I, I mean, immediately everybody wants to jump and take his side on this. Mm-hmm. I'm just, T-Rock come up with some pretty good uh, points today. And I, I was like, because, hmm. you know, first I was like, man, that is, no, if it's true, it's awful. That's, I mean, sure. that's just messed no up all the way around if that's true yes. but um he's got to be smart enough he he you wouldn't have just figured this out you just figured this out and your book just happens to be coming out correct yeah. me if i'm wrong and i could be wrong on this and i tried to look it up but of course you can't look anything up now like i, I would google uh, about michael war unless this comes up but i feel like he asked for part of his contract with the Titans or it could have been the Panthers to be paid in Bitcoin. If I'm not mistaken, I feel oh, was he a Bitcoin guy. Ah, gosh, it was, it was definitely an offensive lineman. I feel like it was Michael Orr who wanted part of his contract to be paid in Bitcoin, but I couldn't find it. So it may not have been him. It could have been another offensive lineman. If yeah, was I did not then, recall him being a Bitcoin guy. Uh, I do remember there were players that requested uh, payment in Bitcoin. I'm drawing a blank on who they are myself. Yeah, for some reason he came, he immediately popped into mind whenever I saw this because I was like, didn't he ask for to be paid in Bitcoin, like part of his contract? I was like, you got to be smart enough to know that. Uh, So if that's the case, then you really didn't know. And maybe he didn't, you know, because I also brought up the point, well, he would have been 16 years old at that yes. point, 17. So maybe he didn't know until now, but at some point, are you not wondering like, wait, why am I, why did I get any money from this, from this movie? Yeah. This movie's about my life. Why, why <laughs> did I get anything? So yeah, I, have we heard anything from the uh, two at this point? Uh, not from uh, Sean or Leanne, the parents, but Sean Tui, the son they call him SJ, uh, Sean Jr. Just did an interview uh, just the other day and said that this this had this not a surprise to him or the family that you know the the relationship has been fractured over the last couple of years because Michael Orr has been making these accusations and that they are very clear that they've never done anything wrong that they did not make millions of dollars from the blind side or anything like that that their money got split five ways with Orr being the fifth person. And that, you know, there's, there's nothing going on. So who's to say at this point, it's too early to say, but I mean, it should be easy to prove, right? I mean, you'd certainly think think it would be very easy to prove that that's, that's what happened. I would think so anyways. Uh, Well, and by the way, the Bitcoin, I believe you're thinking of Russell Okun. That's exactly who I'm thinking Russell of. Russell Okun did that also with the Panthers. So, you know, that's it's what I was easy thinking to think. Of. But Panthers offensive lineman. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yes. I mean, you're exactly in right 2019, 2019, Russell Okun said that uh, he wanted to be paid in Bitcoin 
And then more than a year later, he let the world know that he was the first NFL player to collect a portion of his check in Bitcoin. Okay. So, so yeah. got Panthers right, offensive lineman right, just got the wrong guy right. Or wrong That's guy. right. <laughs> Close. Um, yeah. Yeah, I would think this should be easy to prove. Um, you know, there should be adoption papers, right? I mean, if they really got adopted, there should be adoption papers somewhere that I would assume he would have a copy of or have easy well, access to what the family has said is that they were told by the attorney that they could not legally adopt him when he was past the age of 18. So the conservatorship made more sense. Now I don't know the exact age that they first took him in versus the age that they were actually trying to file for the legal adoption. I mean, who knows? He could have been, 17 and a half and it was going to take eight months to get the paperwork done. You know, there's so many right. like in, in the world we live in, there's no gray area. So it's either Michael Orr is completely in the right and he got screwed by these horrible people or these people did what they thought was right. And now the, these accusations being made when in reality they weren't trying to screw up. There's no, it's like there, there's, they're either they're horrible or he's scamming them. You know, in reality, there is some gray area there, but I, yep. I will say there's, something that's brand new breaking news that that just came out which is that the family's attorney michael i'm sorry the tui family attorney the family that took in michael or their attorney has come out and said that michael or allegedly asked his adoptive family for 15 million dollars not to go public with claims that they swindled him and then they said, absolutely not. We're not paying you that. We didn't do anything wrong. And there, there's no issue here. And then it went from there. He apparently, or supposedly, this is according to the attorney, has repeatedly threatened to, quote, plant a negative story about the Tuies in the press if they didn't cough up an eight-figure check. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So the attorney says that uh, over the years, the Tuies have given Mr. Orr an equal cut of every penny received from the blind side. This is attorney Marty Singer. Even recently, when Mr. Orr started to threaten them about what he would do unless they paid him an eight-figure windfall, and as part of that shakedown effort, refused to cash the small profit checks from the Tuies, they still deposited Mr. Orr's equal share into a trust account that they set up for his son. And uh, so that's that's uh, that's the newest thing is now apparently uh, Michael Orr has tried to shake down the Tuies for fifteen million dollars before all of this happened. Um, that gets pretty interesting because I don't think there's any scenario if in fact the family and the agreement was made that they were going to split this five ways. There's no chance that his share. His one fifth share would be fifteen million dollars. There's just no the, 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 no. the movie made three hundred million dollars. There's no way in the world that the family got one hundred million of it. It just doesn't make any sense. So exactly. that fifteen million, I don't know if there's a lot of interest and penalties he's assessing onto that, but I just sure. don't see any way that he would be due fifteen million dollars, even if it was about his life. That seems to be a little crazy. Uh yes, and again, there should be some. It should be easy to prove and people just automatically jump in. And, you know, of course, the first thing people go to is, uh, you know, the white saviors trying to yes. you know, save it. And it's like, man, 
Like, maybe. I, I just can't imagine, though, that when they took him in, that they thought, hmm, this is going to make a good movie. And we're going to, you know, like, that's their thought process. Like, oh, this guy's going to make $35 million in the NFL. Like, I, I just can't imagine that was the thought process going into this. Yeah. How would you know? I mean, it, yeah, maybe you had a good idea. He's a good athlete and everything else, but you wouldn't know he was going to be some rich and famous, you know, football yeah. player going to play six movies years. made about him and stuff. Right? Like, there's just, never yeah. know that's going to happen. Right. So yeah, I don't, I don't buy that they did this all with ill and ill intentions. Now later on down the road, maybe did they take advantage of it? Like, oh wait a second, we got conservatorship. Right. This is something completely different. We can take advantage of this. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. The kid, uh, what was it? CJ? SJ. SJ. Yeah. I mean, he really, he taught him how to, you know, block and, and play football in <laughs> the right. movie. He owes him everything. Yeah. I mean, he was <laughs> well, six he... years old and teaching him how to block. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the other thing that's interesting. The father, Sean Tui, is supposedly worth over $200 million. Dang. Having nothing to do with the movie because he owned a whole string of fast food restaurants. And so he sold all of their, all of their fast food franchises that netted him $213 million. So the idea that they would have needed to take a, a, what a million dollars, 2 million, 5 million for Michael Orr if they're worth 213, look, people can blow money in a bunch of different ways. Right. But, but man, I mean, I don't know. It's, it seems, it seems, it seems hard to believe. And, and there is this other aspect of it. You, you hit on this, right? The whole white and black thing. This is a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. If the twoies help him, then they're white saviors. And that's apparently horrible. If they didn't help him, then what are they racist for not helping him? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, what? So there, there's no way to win. So instead, presumably, they decided to put all that stuff aside, and they did help him. And there has never been any denial as to whether or not they helped him. There has never been any conflict or confusion about, did they raise him in their house? Did they treat him as a kid of their own? Did they feed him? Did they take him to practices? Did they help him? Did they do everything in their power to allow this kid to be successful? There has never been a debate about it. Now, if the debate is the shock that he found because he wasn't technically adopted, look, I, I'm not, I've not been adopted. I think adoption is great. I, I have no issues with it. But the idea that someone as a 37-year-old man finds out, oh, the family that raised me, technically, legally speaking, hadn't adopted me. They actually had a conservatorship. How would I have lost a wink of sleep over that? Why would I care about that? The yeah. only scenario that that matters is if somehow money is involved, right? Because outside of that, your life is exactly the same. Nothing has changed for you. This is a legal technicality on whether or not it's conservatorship versus adoption. Who cares in the grand scheme of things? And so that's, again, where, you know, you listen to the, the lawyer speak, which is, you know, or was shocked and saddened and devastated to find out that he had never even been adopted. 
it didn't take away from the fact that they raised him, that they, that they right. gave him a place to stay. They fed him. They did everything else for him. None of that stuff goes away. So whether he was technically adopted or technically under a conservatorship, that's just a legal, you know, technicality that really, in my mind, shouldn't play that big of a role. It only plays a big role from the financial perspective. And I think if, in fact, Michael Orr was going after the Tuies for $15 million before putting this story out, I got to believe that's more money than he could even dream that they would have owed him. Yes. Yes. Right. I, I mean, mean I, I mean, if it's true that that he was steal, they were stealing from him, then absolutely. Sue him. I mean, you know, yeah. if if that's the case, you know, if he's not received a cut, I said, I just feel like all the stuff should be pretty easy to to prove one way or the other. Yeah. I, I don't think there should be too many gray areas with that. Like either he got the money or he didn't get the money. There should be paper trails for this kind of stuff. It's not like True. the studio execs are paying them under the table. You know, they're not coming right. and delivering cash <laughs> to their house. You know, the, yeah. the th- writing on a napkin. Yeah, the $340 check because TBS decided <laughs> to play the movie uh, one weekend. You know, so it's not like it should be very difficult to to prove. So, But at the same time, I guess it really doesn't matter because nothing's going to be solved until months, maybe years from now. And now his book comes out. And of course now everyone... Who was going to be interested in a Michael Orr book right now? I mean, outside right. of this. That's if very this true. never That's happened... Great point. Who would ever think Michael Orr wrote a book? What? You know, no one's going to think that now. It wouldn't make the news at all. No. And now everybody knows that Michael Orr wrote a book because of this. So, yeah. If, if this wasn't contrived by Michael Orr to help sell a book, it is awesome good luck and incredible timing yeah you should be thanking the you know (laughs) yeah exactly we 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 sure do we talk about this a lot on the show how it's like boy sometimes it's just these things just there's such good luck around the timing of how certain things happen to play out and you know again in this situation you have a you know a michael Orr who hasn't played in the nfl in a long time i mean he he re- he was released in 2017 by the Panthers after he failed a physical, and then he went ahead and retired. So this isn't a scenario where it's it's sort of you know like any any he's not the forefront of people's minds, you know like right. Michael Orr. No one say he's not like a Tom Brady who's retired or Peyton Manning who's retired. Michael yeah. Orr is not thought of and and in the public eye in that same way. Right. Um, so you know I, I do have one quote here. From Leanne Tui, the mother, uh, saying that I sat Michael down and told him, if you're planning to go to Ole Miss or even considering Ole Miss, we think you have to be part of the family. This would do that legally, she said. Uh, and this is because the Tuies were boosters at Ole Miss. And so there could be an issue of him potentially going there unless it was, you know, known like that relationship essentially was made legal and so she said um uh where was i here sorry we contacted lawyers who told us that we couldn't adopt over the age of 18 
the only thing we could do was to have a conservatorship. We were so concerned it was on the up and up that we made sure the biological mother came to court. So Michael Orr's biological mother went to court for the court proceeding for the Tuies to take over conservatorship. So, I mean, who knows who's was, right and who's wrong, but right now it seems to he, released? Um, let me see what we got here. Not sure exactly when she said this. Okay. So we don't know if this was like yesterday or today. Yeah, I'm not sure. Or if she, this was eight years yeah, ago. Yeah, because there's a few different things. There was Sean Tui is talking about this stuff very recently, but then they say some stuff from the from the mother, but the the husband, the father, is saying this stuff very very recent. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm uh, yeah. So he's but the father's come out and said we're going to keep loving Michael like this, you know, whatever. We're going to not not worry about it. Um, but they they clearly have to defend themselves as well. So just a weird situation. You know what I mean? It's just, and it's strange to, to that you couldn't find a better way to handle this than filing a lawsuit. And then not only filing a lawsuit, but announcing the lawsuit publicly. Like that's the thing. Michael Ward could have filed this lawsuit and no one would have known about it. He filed right. the lawsuit and then announced it publicly so that everyone would know that he did this. And again, what do you accomplish by that? In my mind's eye, you don't accomplish much more other than raising awareness and putting yourself in the news, which again, helps sell a book because the legal rights that you have are the same. There's no difference, you know, as exactly it comes right. to that. Yep. And of course, yeah. everybody immediately just jumps on his side, even the news, yeah. everyone, you know, nobody wants to take a step back and say, Let's figure this out. But that's that's the that's what we live in these days. Everything is just kind of a, a whirlwind thing. And one person says something and they just go with it. And, you know, later on. But see, you can retract it later on. And it doesn't matter because now everyone in the minds of everyone, it's still you know, right. they stole money. So no one's going to remember the retractions that get take that take place. Uh, you know, media's wonderful for that. They'll put something mm -hmm. out completely false and then it spreads like wildfire and then they'll retract it and nobody will remember yeah. that it's been retracted. You know, <laughs> nobody no one even sees the that. retraction. It doesn't this matter. Is exactly right. This is exactly yeah. right. So awful good timing. Uh, like you said, it's uh, awful news and great timing for him. So uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be curious how this plays out. Yeah. I'm curious to see as well, because you know, I mean, you hit the nail on the head with something earlier and, and I touched on it. We'll, we'll hit it again. In this scenario, the moment it comes out, you're right. Everybody says he got ripped off. These people are scumbags. And we'd be foolish if we didn't recognize the fact that a huge amount of that is because these are rich white people who were shown in a movie raising a poor black kid. Like, that's the, that is the movie and it's the real life story. And so now it's, it's almost like people were just waiting to find out Can't that these wait. people actually made money off of it or actually profited or benefited in some way from doing it. And look, if they didn't, then man, there's gonna be a lot of people that, that owe these folks some apology. However, like you said earlier, if they did, 
then 100% they should be paying this stuff back with interest. They should have, you know, that like it's, it's a problem. This was not okay yeah. at all. If it not happened, like they would deserve all of this, Yep. but man, it's a little, it's a little early on to be jumping to those conclusions. And yeah. when you just find out that Michael Orr told them, if you don't pay me $15 million, I'm going to put out negative stories about you. It definitely starts to make you question a little bit uh, exactly what's going on, you know? And yes, it's their attorney that put that statement out, not them, but he wouldn't know that or have authorization to say that if the family did not make him. So there you go. Yeah. So I don't know. There's a lot further. We could probably dig in with this stuff. Um, And who knows, you know, the reality, none of us know what Michael Orr's current financial situation is or anything else. But he should have made more than enough money in his career. To give you the breakdown, Michael Orr, when he was drafted, signed a five-year, $13.8 million contract with the Baltimore Ravens. Then he goes on and he, oh, and that's when he got his Super Bowl ring. Then he signs a four-year, $20 million contract with the Tennessee Titans. uh, Ended up getting released after a year. Then he signed a two-year, $7 million contract with the Carolina Panthers and signed a three-year contract extension with the Panthers in 2016 worth $21.6 million, $9.5 million guaranteed, and then only played three games in 2016 and was released in 2017. So he made money. And, you know, this is a guy that made minimally, minimally, 10 to 15, maybe $20 million in his playing career. He's had, I think, two other books that have already come out. And so, I mean, if he needed, if he needs that money, <laughs> then, you know, the, the little bit of money that he would have made from the blind side that he's claiming he didn't make. Again, you said, you know, you said it, that there would have to be a record of the transactions and stuff. Well, it sure seems like the Tuies feel confident because they're saying we put the money in a trust for his son because he was not taking the checks that we were giving him. So there's got to be a track record. If you're willing to say that, then they're clearly you you have to know that the money's there and you can prove it. So exactly. Yeah. Interesting. Anyway, anyway, we can uh, we can move on past that, but it's it's in the news and it's an interesting story and who who knows where it's going to go from. And speaking of disgruntled athletes, we're not going to spend a lot of time with this because this is actually just one of my least favorite people, but uh, NBA player James Harden and the Philadelphia 76ers, the team that he currently plays for, are uh, locked up in a very acrimonious situation right now. Harden just seems to kind of never be happy no matter where he is. And now as he gets later in his career, there's just always problems. He was in Brooklyn. Then he managed to get himself to Philadelphia. And then now he's demanding a trade from Philadelphia. They, uh, the Sixers apparently looked into being able to make the trade. Couldn't find a suitable trade. Said that he would have to play. And then now James Harden has come out and essentially said that the owner of the seven, no, I'm sorry, the general manager of the 76ers, Daryl Morey is a liar and that he will never play for any team that Daryl Morey is a part of. What do you think about this? 
cool. So you're going to just give up your $35 million and not play because they have no obligation whatsoever to trade you. They tried. He only wanted to play from what what I understand. He only wanted to play for the Clippers. Clippers really had nothing to offer of, uh, of, of value to really speak of. And okay, well that, you know, yeah, we're not going to do this. You're more valuable to us than, you know, whatever, the Clippers could possibly provide. We can't really get any other people involved in the trade. This is the only place you want to play. Like, no, we're not going to do this. So I don't know if that's what he's talking about. Maury saying, Hey, we'll, we'll do our best to try, but you're right. Like, come on, man. Like Harden has just been disgruntled everywhere he's went. I I just like, I'm just over like, I, we, you know, (laughs) we talk about this. Like we're, we're for like Damian Lillard pushing and demanding a trade. (laughs) <laughs> but at the same time, like I'm fed up with people like James Harden and Russell Russell right. Westbrook and and you know uh, those guys demanding all this other stuff. You know, like yeah, yeah I want you know I I want Lillard out, but at the same time, like I just want Harden to just take your thirty five million dollars and play because you're no longer that valuable that that MVP. You don't exactly. you don't put Not up anywhere near those kind of numbers. No. You're no. starting to edge into that Russell Westbrook territory where you're more of a liability than you are an asset. And yeah, it's just, it's just, ugh, I'm just so over it's it. It's a weird man. time like, to be I, high maintenance. It's a weird time yeah. to be high maintenance in your career. A lot of guys seem to like that. Like they get to the end of the career and they don't realize, like they're they're trying to be the same prima donna that they were earlier in their career. Yeah, it's kind of like, bro, you're not that guy anymore. No one looks at you that way anymore. No, no, not at all. I mean, and, and he has zero leverage. They actually have a thing called the uniform player contract, and and pretty much, I'm not gonna get into all of it, but pretty much, they are are be are, are forced essentially to report to training camp, attend practices, meetings, uh, skill and conditioning sessions. Um, they have to obviously appear at all scheduled games, and then there's just a list uh, up into where Adam Silver can actually suspend them, and then they can obviously um, at that point not you know they can withhold um uh their contract um and, and you know essentially like they can't then say this is a year played under the contract uh, you know so th- you know they can be disgruntled for the whole entire year and then not now i, I don't know adam silver's such a pushover i mean this guy's i mean <laughs> he's he's made the nba i guess valuable but to me he's he's ruined the nba by letting these guys do this where they just demand and uh yeah you know it just it became an individual league and not a a a, a, a team league anymore you know it's, the player is more valuable than the team you know so it's it's you know it, I, I hate the way the nba is is set up now and i was such a huge NBA mark growing up yeah. and now it's like, ugh, I can't stand it, but uh, the dude has no leverage. Come on, man. He's what? 35 years old. Like no, no one's, no one cares what you have to think anymore, man. Like you were not going out there. You're not LeBron James. I mean, <laughs> no. And that's why nobody wanted you like, right. okay. And you can say, well, I only wanted to pay for the Clippers. Okay. You wanted to play for the Clippers. Great. Guess what? 
By saying that, you also gave the Clippers all the leverage in the world because exactly. they knew that yeah. they were the only team. So you're clearly not smart enough to play your, your, your cards close to your vest. So you put that out there. The Clippers realize, okay, well, then we're not going to give up anything because we're the only team that the guy wants to play for. So you're really a large portion of the of the reason that you couldn't get the stupid trade done to begin with. And then now you want to complain and then say they're liars. Now, look, I don't know what he's saying Daryl Morey lied about. And he, coincidentally, meaning James Harden, is also not coming out and saying what Daryl Morey lied about. He's not being specific about anything. He's just claiming he's a liar. And so it's kind of like, okay, man, well, you can say that. But Daryl Morey has no obligation. As you said, he's the general manager of the team. And he clearly would have been out there. I guarantee you. Daryl Morey would not have minded trading James Harden. If they, he could have found a suitable trade partner, 100%. they would have been more than happy to ship him out of there. And so the fact that they didn't tells you that there wasn't anything out there. And at the end of the day, that's just what it is. And, and you know, they have to understand that. And, and the idea that somebody like James Harden still doesn't understand the business side of the NBA is completely bizarre. Uh, and I just he does. I, I, he yeah, does. He, he, he just definitely gets it. He he thinks he's that James Harden MVP type of player right. still, and everybody's yeah. coming to watch him play. Bro, ain't nobody coming to watch you throw up these threes and bank them off of the backboard. No. You're not you know, that guy, pal. Trust me, you're not that guy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so uh, Jason Dumas, who is the. Um, uh, no, I just clicked off of it. Uh, he's the Philadelphia. He's an NBA reporter for Bleacher Report, um, host of ninety nine fifty seven. The game um, came out on uh, Twitter and said, uh, according to his source, Daryl Morey is unmoved by James's comments. He's holding firm in his stance that he would not trade him unless it makes the Sixers a better team. Meanwhile. I'm told James's agent advised him against making that statement. His own <laughs> agent is telling him, bro, you can't go yeah. out and say that. Come on, dude. You're hurting your value. Yeah. I, and the what, other thing, too, I mean, look, this has to be not easy, but people always want to think about the player's side. Daryl Morey is a human being as well. Separate from an NBA executive and extremely experienced and knowledgeable and quite successful, um, he's a human being. So there is also the other part of you that's like, okay, bro, you really want to go out publicly and announce to a group of people. So it's all over social media and everything that I'm a liar and that you'll never, okay, well, guess what? You're going to suit up every damn game this season until I decide I don't want to see you anymore. And yeah. that's when you'll leave, right? Like that's the thing. Why piss people off? Why not do it in a good way? And instead you put, Daryl Morey in this position where, hey, he holds all the cards. And now you've made it even more desirable for him to force you to play for the Sixers, not make it yeah. easier for him to get rid of you. That's exactly it. And, and you know, it, he's just, ugh. yeah, it's not Houston anymore, bro. Like it's, you know, yeah. you go to Brooklyn, it's a complete disaster there. You were expected to be that number three and that big three with uh, Kyrie and Kevin Durant. Yeah. And and of course it just was a, a unmitigated disaster. Nobody could stay healthy, and uh, you know, I, I, minutes. I mean, he's still playing thirty seven minutes a game, twenty one point six point one rebounds, ten point seven assists. 
Uh, fine. You know, he's a fine player. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, at that age, you're still a great player. But you're 33 years old, going to be going into the season 30, uh, your age 34 season. Then just don't show up. Like, what? Right. what is going to stop? You've made enough money. Right. What is going to stop Daryl Morey? What, what, what stops the Sixers from just saying, show up or don't show up, man? Like, like we're not trading you. You're not going to get paid. You know, you're going to get suspended. If this is the way you want to go out, if this is the legacy you want to leave, then go out. Like, go out yeah. that way. It doesn't matter because we're moving on. We hope you're here. If you are, you're going to play. Obviously, you're you're a good enough player that you're still playing almost 37 minutes a game. But if you don't show up, then you don't show up. Like, at, yeah. why can't why can't NBA players or NBA you know front offices just take that stance with these guys instead of just giving in to every single trade demand that they have? Man, uh-huh. like you're talking, you know, Kevin Durant is another one. Man, you're just so tired of seeing this dude move around. And I'm sure he's going to show up in our comments um, uh, <laughs> when we post these. Yep. Every possibility that yeah, old Kevin yeah. Durant lurking around. Yeah, the old snake in the grass could show up. But <laughs> it's like, just like, why, 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 why did the NBA give these players this much, this much leverage? And. I mean, yeah. Michael Jordan didn't have, have this much leverage. Right, exactly. And he's the greatest basketball player of all time. LeBron yeah. James, look, I, you know my feelings towards LeBron James. He's the only other one that, to me, can demand something and the team, sh- the team should act. And I don't right. even feel like he acts that way, to be perfectly honest. He no. probably does, but, he, but he's smart enough that he does it behind the scenes. Exactly what I was going to say. Behind the scenes. He knows how to use the power behind the scenes. So he doesn't have to act like the child, no. the spoiled kid in front of the cameras. You know, like yeah. that's that's and that's the way you protect your legacy. That's the way you keep yourself marketable. Look, it wasn't that long ago that James Harden was doing commercials and there was a lot more interest a- around him. Now you don't see that dude, and it's not just because he doesn't play well. Because you just read the stats, he's still a twenty point a, guy, a game guy. He's still yeah. playing well. Double digits. Yeah. People don't like him anymore. Like right. people have gotten past it, they're over dealing with him, and that's that's because he never kept himself marketable. LeBron, for however many different things you could say against him, he protects the brand. He knows how to keep himself marketable. That's exactly. That's it. vital. A hundred percent. Like I said, you know LeBron's pulling strings behind the scenes. <laughs> oh yeah. But but you're not going to hear it. He's going to tell you. Yeah. I mean that's that's up to that's up to the coaches. That's up to the front office. Meanwhile, he is essentially the coach in the front office. Right. You know, but he's he's going <laughs> to yep. put on that face. I'm just a player. You know, and it. It, it, yeah. Be smarter. Be like your agent is telling you, dude. Don't go out and say that. Like this is just. Right. This is going to be like now. Who wants you? Yeah. There's the other thing. Now, if somebody was interested, it'd be like, "What GM is like? Oh yeah, I would love to be uh, th- to be yeah. the guy that that trades for him, so he can now bash me." Like, right? Yeah, be smarter, man. <laughs> like it's just yeah. dumb. It's just dumb. And I, and I don't think anyone is rushing to his side, saying, "Oh, right. you know, <laughs> like yeah." So I think people are like. Bro, that was a really dumb move. Like, I, yeah. I don't know if there's anyone out there that's like free James Harden. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> right, right. You know, 
because nobody wants him yeah. on his their team unless he's the third yeah. It's like you want him so bad, take him. Yeah, nobody's nobody wants to sign up for that. They're like, no, no, right, no. Exactly. It's just in theory, yeah, but in theory, but, yeah, exactly. <laughs> mm. All right, well, we'll move off of that because uh, I, I I try to spend as little time talking about James Harden as possible. And we're well over our quota. Tonight. That's it. Now, for the rest of the year, we won't be speaking of. <laughs> well, I'll tell you this. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, cleanse the palate a little bit here with a with a feel good story. And again, this is not all sports tonight, but uh, this one is. I saw it and I thought it was worth talking about. The reason it's worth talking about is because we should be encouraging this type of behavior and discouraging the behavior of people like James Harden. The L.A. Dodgers have re-signed outfielder Andrew Tolles, who has schizophrenia and hasn't played since 2018, so that he'll still have access to the team's health insurance and mental health services. He's not going to be playing for the Dodgers. He's probably never going to play baseball again. But signing with the team will allow him to continue to receive treatment, including counseling, therapy, and medication. The team was first alerted something was wrong when Tolls did not report to spring training in 2019. Later, the team learned that Tolls was found sleeping behind a FedEx building at Key West International Airport. Sadly, Tolls is just a shadow of, of his former self. He was taken to a mental health facility after the incident, and the Dodgers recognized the tragic loss of his playing abilities and wanted to ensure he would always have access to care. 2023 is the fifth straight year that the Dodgers have re-signed him. So that is just a very, very cool thing to do. I'm not a Dodgers fan. Like, I don't care about the Dodgers one way no, or another. In fact, they actually really annoy me because they go out and <laughs> just buy every single yes. player, you know, there is. And this unlimited money just flowing into that, that <laughs> team. But true. How do you hate the story? How how could you spin anything negative? Even as a Giants fan, how could a Giant? Right. I'm sure Giants fans will figure a way <laughs> to. Uh, They're in the lab right to, now trying to. Come yeah, up that's with exactly something. right. That's exactly <laughs> it. But how, how could you hate this? The only thing I would say is, um, where's Major League Baseball? Like, how is it on the Dodgers to have to resign this guy to this? Like, yeah. how is this not something that Major League Baseball has um, set up? For the for this True. type of that's situation. a great question, really good point. Yeah, I, I, that's a, that's that would you know ideally there would be some sort of a safety net uh, from the league. You know, again, whether that's an NFL, NBA, you know, uh, MLB, whatever, for you know to help these types of situations. I mean, this is a guy who was playing at the top of baseball. Man, this is a major league baseball player for the Dodgers. And the next thing you know, he just disappears, doesn't show up to spring training, and they find him behind the airport. Like, this is a crazy situation. And anyone, like, this is, a, this is again, a story that no one would have known. The Dodgers did not go out. They're not going out every year and announcing, hey, we're re-signing Andrew Tolls because we want to help him with his mental health and blah, 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 to make themselves look good. They could do that, but that's not what they're doing. Somebody found this deal being inked and then put the report out there. But the Dodgers were never trying to use this right. for publicity or anything like that. So exactly. it's just the right thing to do a team doing the right thing and doing right by someone. 
who will never probably ever be able to play Major League Baseball again and at least will have very legitimate and real care, uh, you know, for his issues moving forward, which I I just thought was a very cool thing. Yeah, yeah, very cool thing. Um, I I wonder what the – I know it doesn't say, like, how much they're paying him, but, like, I got to – I mean, are they – can you sign him to like, uh, I, I don't, are they giving him like a salary? I, I wonder, like, are you Question. surely not giving him like vet minimum, you know, $280,000, right? I mean, right. Yeah, I don't think you're, they're doing that, but I don't, I don't know. I'm sure it doesn't really say, but I just wonder if they're signing him to a contract. Is there a minimum they have to uh, look to? I don't know what it, what's, what's accurate and what's not accurate here. So, you know, just, take that for what it's worth. Um, but spot track shows him at, uh, a one year deal. Well, they had it. See, now they're showing it as like a, a one year, $700,000. Cause that's kind of crazy. You would be giving this guy $700,000 a year not to play. I can understand like giving him the insurance and, and right. making sure he's get the treatment, but, to give and maybe there's some okay. some other thing they're doing, or they're putting it in a trust or something like That's that. I wonder too. It's hard to know but that. Yeah. That's yeah. a yeah. That's a responsibility they didn't seem like they'd have to take. But yeah, oh. and does that take up a roster spot? Does that take up like I mean, I, I assume there's only so many people you you can sign, right? I mean, like I don't you can't just have unlimited players signed. I, I mean, I know it could be a minor league deal or whatever, but there's still yeah. Only, let me um, let me clarify one thing because I just found something else. Even though Spot Track was showing one year seven hundred thousand, I found something else that says for the twenty twenty three season, Andrew Tolls won't be paid by the team, but will okay. be considered a member of the organization. So they can. And so by making that. him a member of the organization, and this is the fifth consecutive season that the franchise has done this, that's how he gets uh, the the treatment. Hmm. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So on the Dodgers, man. Yeah. Well done Dodgers. Well done LA Dodgers. That's a, that's a cool thing to to do. Very sure. So, uh, getting off of sports here, um, man, uh, I don't know which I'm going to just grab one of these because I got a couple things and all of them, all of them piss me off. I'm just going to tell you right now, these stories irritate me to no end. Because we're just to this point where there is no longer sense anywhere. And people don't have it. Certainly, politicians don't have it. Uh, it's just, it's getting to be absolutely insane. So now, government employees in San Francisco have been told to work from home due to the high levels of crime in the area. Government staff in San Francisco have been told to work remotely. The Department of Health and Human Services staff were all asked to work from home due to local crime. So they can't do anything about the crime. So now they've just told government employees, just don't come to work anymore. Like it's that dangerous in San Francisco that government employees can't even go to work anymore. One of the most beautiful cities in the world, San Francisco, is now so dangerous that government employees have been told, to just stay home and work from home. Don't even attempt to leave your house to go to work. How does that happen? How is it possible? And the uh, 
the departments that have done this in San Francisco recommend that employees work remotely, quote, for the foreseeable future. Like there's no end to this. This isn't like a temporary thing. The advice was given to workers in light of the conditions around the federal building. Uh, the federal building is located at 97th Street in San Francisco and is known to be a drug hotspot with dealers often peddling drugs near or across the street from the building. Two men were charged in May on suspicion of carrying out drug deals in full view of surveillance cameras from the federal building. They don't even care. They're literally, imagine such a thing, that the center of government in San Francisco is also a drug hotspot. It shows the complete irrelevance of government in San Francisco, that they could go anywhere and they will literally stand in front of the government building, dealing drugs and doing drugs because they know nothing will happen to them. And yet the people that work in that building are not even safe to come to work and now have to work from home. So if you have a, if you have empty government buildings in the center of a drug infested crime infested area, how long do you think it's going to be before those people break into those buildings and start using them as shelters as well? Like San Francisco is going down, man. It is going to fall. And I mean that quite literally. This is like that movie, like Olympus has fallen or whatever. They take over the white house type of deal. Yeah. It's going to be like that. Like San Francisco is already almost there. It's at a tipping point. And now you've basically thrown in the towel when you're just telling government employees, it isn't even safe for you to leave your house. Just stay home and work. Yeah. From the hours of 8 a.m. to, to 4.30 p.m. <laughs> government hours, middle of the day. It's not safe. Yeah. We're not talking about, you know, they're not working third shift. Right. At the, at the federal building. I can promise you that. How embarrassing is this? But here's the thing. How, how, how is it that no one understands this? How, how is it that no one can see this when you're the most lenient city on crime and, and you're, right. you, you said two people were arrested in plain sight of the cameras doing suspected drug deals. What do you think they got? Do you think they got any hard jail time or do you think yeah. they, they got bonded out on personal recognizance? They, 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 they didn't yeah. spend a night in jail. No, there's no problem. You're not supposed to punish him. And now you're talking like, oh, Gavin Newsom's going to run for, uh, you know, he, he might be the next presidential candidate how, based on this track record. But uh, I don't understand how anyone, if he's uh, if it's a Democrat run city, if it's a Republican run city and you see it falling apart, we're talking about San Francisco. We're not talking about just some middle of nowhere place. You know, San Francisco is, is, was a huge hub for everything. And it's just being run out. I mean, you got people just walking around the streets on drugs, zombies. shooting up. I mean, now you're talking, you know, now Philadelphia is getting into being the same way. Yep. They have stuff in common. Nobody wants to mention what those things in common are. <laughs> but yet we just continue to keep voting for the same issue and the same problem. And it never goes away and it only gets worse. I... I I'm just so confused by all this. I, I just, yeah. I don't understand it. I, I, I really don't. I really don't understand. And I want to just get people 
to to let us know why you as a citizen of San Francisco, as you see your 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 city just being destroyed, maybe it's not as bad as everyone makes it out to be. I don't know. Tell us that. Let us know that. But if if it's so bad that an old government building isn't safe to go into, tell me why you keep voting for these people. What makes you think they're going to change it and make it any better? I, I just I need to know what the yeah. thought process is behind this. Yeah. And in case anyone out here was thinking like, oh, this drug deal that we're talking about and this this activity, this is like, you know, selling weed or something like that. Let me give you the details of this, this one random arrest that I'm talking about. He was carrying a backpack that contained 96.7 grams of fentanyl and over 30 grams of meth along with 11.1 grams of heroin, 4.3 grams of cocaine, and a digital scale. That's enough drugs to kill a tremendous number of people. I mean, the fentanyl alone, I mean, what's 96 grams of fentanyl? I think it takes like like an eighth of a gram that can, you can overdose on fentanyl. Oh, yeah, it <laughs> might even be less than that, to be perfectly honest yeah. with you. I mean, it, it's, yeah, it, it's um, it, it, such a lethal, lethal thing. Yeah. And yeah, you're, I mean, you could wipe out, you know, probably a, an entire three blocks with the, with the amount that he had. I mean, <sighs> gosh, man, it's embarrassing. I, but again, we don't talk about this stuff. None of this stuff gets brought up. Nope. No, no one, it's not brought to light. But if it's happening in those cities, like, of course, where we're living at, we can't do nothing about that. Like, we can report right. on it, but I assume if you're living in there, in that area, you should know what's going on in that area. So does it really, what What good is it bringing it to light? I suppose, because you already know what's happening, but you're right. just refusing you're well to do anything about it. That's, you know, you're yeah. talking about like Portland when they had all those things going on and now everybody is leaving there. You know, you've got all those shops that used to be, you know, Portland. I mean, even in San Francisco, you have all those nice places and they're all boarded up. They're all gone. Everything's yep. gone. And yet somehow in your mind, it, everything is still okay. Everything is like, yeah, this, this is fine. Like yeah. you don't understand what they're doing. They're, they're squeezing you. They're, they're forcing you. <laughs> you don't have choices anymore. Yeah. When, when a Walmart goes out of business, you're in trouble as a, as a yeah. city. Yeah. As a community, I mean, all these you're companies, in trouble. Yeah. All these companies will refuse, like they're closing their doors in San Francisco. And it's not because there's no business. It's because it's not worth it for them to be open there. Right. They don't want to be there. Whole Foods, all, Starbucks, all these places are just like, nah, man, screw it. We, if, if, if the place can't be safe for our employees, then we would rather shut it down exactly. than be open to make money. Because guess what? We're dealing with constant crime, constant uh, damage being done to the property, all of these types of things. And, you know, to give you an idea, right? So I just told you about the amount of, of, uh, just the fentanyl alone, right? So the fentanyl that, that we're talking about, 96.7 grams of fentanyl. Um, just to give you a, an idea, fentanyl, for anyone who doesn't know this, fentanyl is a synthetic opioid. It's 50 times stronger than heroin and 100 times stronger than morphine. And this guy's walking around with 100 grams of it in a backpack, along with meth, coke, heroin, <laughs> everything else. 
and he's doing drug deals literally in front of the federal building in San Francisco. Yeah. This would have never happened ever before, but instead we want to, you know, we want like Gavin Newsom and we want all these, uh, you know, these, you know, political people in California to be pissed because Elon Musk put a big X up on his, uh, on his building. That's the stuff we care about. Yeah. That's the stuff, you know, we, we need to take care of that stat, you know, that that we need to make sure that's not, we're finding him. There's drug deals going on in front of a federal building. And he's, and also for the record, Elon Musk is one of the only business owners who isn't leaving San Francisco. Yeah. Like he's the one of the only people saying, okay, well, we're going to stay, but this place needs to change and improve. Everyone else is just leaving. And then you're trying to make his life difficult. It's just, it, people are just so worried about the wrong things. No. You know, I, I saw this too. Sorry to interrupt you. I just want to throw this in there really quickly. The, the California's governor's, a uh, California governor's office said in June that in just six weeks, a six week period of time, the California highway patrol had seized more than four kilos of fentanyl. And uh, that's just in uh, in San Francisco and the immediate surrounding area. That is enough fentanyl to kill the city's entire population almost three times over. Jeez. That was in a six-week period. And that's highway patrol. So that's only the people that you pulled over in cars. That's not. That's the people that are walking around downtown doing it, carrying it, and and that's also just the that's just what you caught. Yes, exactly. That has to be called one percent of what one half of one percent. Like that's Uh. that's accounted for when you're dealing with that stuff, right? I mean, you you, these the drug dealers know what the spoils are. They know how much they're going to lose, but they also know how much is going to get in. That's why they keep doing it. Where's it coming from? That's the thing. (laughs) Where where are they getting it from? Yeah. Is is Jim Bob just making it in the back of of <laughs> you know his trailer? I, that kind of that kind of amount? I I don't think so. No, nope. Ah, gosh, man, that's just it's just it's terrible, man. It's just but it's just terrible for like the people that are there, and, and you know I I don't I don't disagree with it, but I don't like it. When like stuff like this is happens and then the immediate thing is, well, that's what you voted for because, you know, like, right. it, yes, it is in, in, in a sense, like you, you, you are voting these people in that are so light on crime, you know, they, they don't want to hold anyone accountable. They're more worried about, you know, giving reparations to, to people that had nothing to do with the atrocities of the past. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's just a, a big circus and a big show. But there are legitimate people, even if they voted for these people, that 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 don't deserve this. Like, yeah. so, so to say, like, this is what you voted for. I mean, I, I understand, yes, uh, to an extent, that's not 100% false. But it's kind of like, all right, well, what... What if they didn't vote for it? And then what? Yeah, it's overly simplistic. I mean, no one. It's not like if you went into San Francisco that 100% of San Francisco residents voted for Gavin Newsom or whoever else that you would look at as individual politicians, you know, in that area. That's not the case. Maybe 60%, maybe 65%, maybe 70%. But that still leaves 30, 40% of people that are just seeing what happened. And again, are we saying that it would be 
100% different if people had voted differently? No, of course not. Because voting doesn't solve everything. No. But the reality is, this isn't fixing it. This is not working. There's no argument to be made that this way of doing things has improved things. And I'll tell you, last November, so I was taking a trip uh, and I was going to be out in California for a few days and then taking a trip to Fiji. So you kind of like typically go there and then, then go. Originally, I was going to fly into San Francisco, stay in San Francisco and leave from San Francisco to go to Fiji and started hearing all of these things about how horrible things are in San Francisco. It's looking at videos. I'm doing research and all these things. And then I was like, screw it. I'm going to go to LA. Now keep in mind, I've been to LA several times. I've, I've walked by skid row. I've seen like, like LA's nuts. And yet I went there and I've not yet been to San Francisco. So I was looking forward to going to San Francisco, but it been my first time. And I decided scrap San Francisco I'll go to LA. I actually went to Venice beach um, and, you know, and, and, and hung there instead because it just, it wasn't worth it. So I'll spend time in Santa Monica and Venice beach. Now, are there lots of homeless people there? Absolutely. Because that's just California. Yeah. But the level of violent crime, drug crime, all of these things, man, it's just, it's like, no, man, I, I want to be in a place where I can walk around at night. And, and, and in, in reasonable safe areas, you know, and uh, and be able to do that without being in fear or having to worry about what's going to happen, you know, so uh, it's just not worth it. It's not worth it. So these these places, man, they got to get something figured out. It's just getting absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. While we're on this topic and nice and uh, fired up here, I saw this one the other day, too. And I'm telling you, like... Sometimes I feel like we're talking to a wall. Mm -hmm. People really need to start paying some attention to what is happening out there. In Kansas, the office and homes of reporters at a local Kansas newspaper were raided by police. The city's entire police force, keep in mind it's a small town, there were only five officers, but the city's entire police force went in and seized computers, cell phones, and reporting materials from the offices of the local paper and from reporters' homes. And it's because the paper was speaking out about things like the local congressmen and stuff like that. And then next thing you know, boom, they get raided by cops and all of their things, cell phones, computers, notes, everything taken. What is happening when the newspaper in a small town can't report on what the local government officials are doing and talking about what's happening? Like, what is going on in the world when that stuff is being accepted and allowed to happen? Uh, because here's the deal, just to, to, to put it in full you know, perspective for you. Eric Meyer is the owner and publisher of the Marion County Record. That's the newspaper. So Meyer said that the raid and seizure stemmed from a confidential source leaking sensitive documents to the newspaper. That's, that's the deal. Last week, a local restaurant proprietor had police remove 
the newspaper reporters from an open forum held by U.S. Congressman Jake LaTurner. The congressman's staff apologized later, of course, after everything. Uh, because again, they had invited the press. Yeah, exactly. After it's already said and done. <laughs> exactly. It's already, already over with. Done, are yep, bad. Exactly. Yeah, sorry about that. They're the ones that invited the press. So this newspaper was there along with other press people, but because they had been critical, they got the boot. And so according to the manager of the paper, a confidential source leaked evidence that a uh, a person, you know... She's uh, a, so she's a, a restaurant proprietor. Her name's Carrie Newell, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. That's it. So apparently she's a big shot in this little area. Yeah. Must be, must be, right? Because she's just a restaurant owner. A confidential source leaked that she had been convicted of drunk driving and it continued to use her vehicle without a license. The paper never even published anything related to it because they didn't totally trust the source. They thought the source was relaying information from Newell's husband because it was during their divorce proceedings. Yes. And then get raided by the cops and all of their stuff is taken. How does this stuff happen? Yeah. yeah. I, I, I mean, <laughs> and it happens to a newspaper and, and yeah. it's not like they're not going to put this out. And yeah, I mean, it's still those like high, you know, high people, high friends, uh, you know, in high places coming yeah. in here to take them down. You know, it, it's, uh, you know, it's sad. I mean, it's man. It's I'm telling you, we've said it. I've probably said it on the show many, many a times. George Orwell was mm-hmm. a time traveler from the past because this is exactly. I mean, you read 1984. This is this is what it is. I mean, yep. you speak out against anyone, and they're coming after you, and they're raiding your businesses, and they're doing this and doing that, and and they may not they may not succeed. The idea isn't to succeed. The idea is to put a financial burden or and, and 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 make a bad name for you. It doesn't mean yeah. that like that I don't care if they win or not. Let's just make you we talked about that uh, last week when we we're talking about they were right. suing those farmers, you know, that the big uh unknown right. flannery associates. Flannery yes. associates, you know, <laughs> buying up all this property and then turning around and suing these people because they sold their property for too much to them. And the idea is pretty much just to bankrupt them. And, and yep. you know, it. they don't care. They don't care. No. This is going to lead me into, uh, probably lead us into something else. And I know we we, we never discussed it. We've discussed it all week. Um, and we'll probably <laughs> get into it uh, today because I think this just leads it in, in, in into it perfectly. But there's, there's, I guess I'll be careful how I say this because I don't want, I it's not probably going to come from me. I, I'm way too old for this, but but there's there's this reckoning that I feel like is coming to this country where at some point everyone's going to stop and say, "Whoa, wait a second this this has gone too far. We've done yeah. too much," and it's 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 just going to be ugly. I feel like I I, I just I don't know. It's just getting out of control at this point, right? I, I, I mean, am I am I thinking wrong on this? Like, how much do you expect people to take you you, and and, and then you're just you're. It's 1984. I'm telling you, it's 1984. You've got yep. you know you've got Joe Biden coming out and saying, "Hey, 
you know, uh, we've created the most jobs there is. Yeah, because you took them all away. You know, when you shut everything down, of course you did. <laughs> when you made this this disease come out of nowhere, and we've got reports now that, you know, Obama had shut down um, just about everything that Fauci did, and somehow now he takes the stuff offshore and, and and takes it to Wuhan and. You got all the stuff that that's being allowed to happen. You have all the stuff that's happened in in Hawaii, uh, and he's coming out and saying, "Well, first thing is, is you know, if you're eligible, we're going to give you that seven hundred dollars." Meanwhile, you sent twenty trillion dollars to Ukraine and voted to not be able to audit it or have to be responsible for how it's spent. And you allowed Congress to vote and say, no, 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 we don't want it audited or in any way, shape or form. There should be no oversight as to how this money is being spent. But in Hawaii, you're exactly right. It's, well, we're going to put FEMA in place and we'll set up some camps and we'll give everyone $700. $700. You could give one, one millionth of what you've given to Ukraine. 100%. And you could take, you'd solve every person on the island of Maui. Yeah. There's not that many residents. No. All of them could be taken care of. Now, again, exactly. it doesn't regrow trees. It doesn't build businesses overnight. But this could be solved with just a snap of your fingers. It's a conscious decision not to do it. That's exactly right. But meanwhile, we've just sent another 200 million, whatever it was the yep. other day. We just sent another At least load of billion. Yeah, another load of money, uh, yep. ammo, everything else. Yeah. And you when, saw that they asked the reporters asked Biden outside about like you know oh, hey what outside uh, what? yeah on the beach right <laughs> after he just got back from a beach trip everyone wanted to make a big deal about Trump golfing all the time I, I and personally I, I thought it was ridiculous that a sitting president it, it, it played that much golf like my gosh dude like seriously stop do it every week <laughs> right but I mean you've got Biden who's taken like. It's something ridiculous. Thirty percent of his presidency has been vacation. Thirty-five, whatever it is, he just come off a two-week vacation. He came back. Now he's sitting on the beach again. And yeah, the reporters come up and and ask him about this. And what's he say? No comment. No, no comment. No comment. No comment. How could there be no comment? How is no comment an option when you are the president and one of your states? is literally part of it is burning to the ground many many deaths just a catastrophe and your 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 thing is no comment now i can already tell you the that the people on the other side of this would say oh he probably misunderstood the question he didn't understand what was being asked that was kind of an off the cuff thing he wasn't ready for it the fact of the matter is if you're telling me that then you're telling me that he's either too slow to understand an incoming question, to be able to answer it off the cuff as it pertains to an insane tragedy that has just gone on. Uh, or he just, just genuinely doesn't want to talk about it. Now, why would you not want to talk about it? Why would you not want to be front and center to talk about it? Like, what is more important? What are, right. what are you talking about that is more important than this? And look... <sighs> I get it. Everyone's talk about 
uh, indictments and all of these other things. And that's what that's what you want to spend your time talking about. Right. Democrats want to talk about how much they you know, all the charges being filed against Republicans. Republicans want to talk about all of the issues going on with Democrats. But who in the world, more so than the president, should be talking about a tragedy where many, many Americans have died and yeah. you have so much damage that's been done? Yeah. It's insane to me. And I will say this on a personal note. So my wife and I spent, we've been to Hawaii a few times. We spent part of our honeymoon, not only in Hawaii, on Maui. And much of the area that was destroyed in Lahaina, my wife and I shopped on Front Street in Lahaina. We walked that area many times. We've spent a lot of time there. We've been to parties there. We've done, we've eaten at restaurants, bar. To see all of that stuff burned, to see people in the ocean, like having to jump in to avoid the flames, like her and I have talked about it so much as well. Just like, wow, that's so crazy that like that this awesome place that we have all these amazing memories and cool pictures and videos and everything, it's just gone. And then when you say, hey, you can apply to get $700, uh, it's just insane to me. Like, yeah. we're donating money. Hell, I'll be able to donate more money than what the U.S. government is able to donate to people. Exactly. I, I, that's insane to me. And you've heard the uh, the reports now that um, there are, like, real estate brokers and people that are calling these people <laughs> offering that someone wants to buy their land and property. Yep. Pennies on the dollar. That's what I'm saying. Like, there has to be, like, it's just going to, and maybe this is what they want. They just want it to boil over. I, I don't know, but there's a boiling point to this. And, and it's got to, it, 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 it's got to end somewhere. It's, it, it, you can't be rising up all this pressure and, and, and forcing it and, and forcing all, all these, you know, uh, very minor, people to have such high voices. And I, I'm talking about like the people in the trans community and, and, you know, these the men, uh, men that are in the women's competitions mm -hmm. and, and people just have to take it. And then you've got the situation, you know, where, you know, we're sending all of our money, like this money that isn't the government's, the money had to come from somewhere. We're giving it away to other places and we're offering 700 bucks to to people yep. our own people and like it, it, then you got you know all this stuff going on in san francisco you've got all this stuff going on in philadelphia like when are like common sense people gonna step up and say this is this is ridiculous because i know we've talked about it there are more there has to be more us out there than the people that that float on these right and left sides you know yeah you've got like the trump people coming out now bashing you know ron DeSantis and DeSantis's people and yep. and we're all sitting here in the middle like what what is happening when have we lost our ever-loving mind yep. when is this ever an acceptable situation an acceptable thing to have happen you know Hawaii people just really wanted to be left alone, right? <laughs> I mean, they really don't appreciate us being there a lot. Now, they understand yeah. it, I think. They understand how much, you know, consumerism there is and, sure. and how much, you know, the vacation money and, you know, all that stuff. I think they get it. 
but I guarantee they don't like it. They just want to be left alone. And, you know, you got all yeah. these people coming in there. Oprah owns all this money, all this land there. And, yeah. you know, uh, it, it, you just got all these famous people. That oh, just it's Oprah, it's here. Jeff Bezos. It's Bezos. I mean, everyone, yeah. everyone, Zuckerberg, everybody. Yeah. And, and they all just want to be left alone. Like, we don't want this. Like, we never asked for this stuff. And yeah. It's just, I don't know, man. Like we're just, I know we got completely off topic, which again, is, you know, we talked about at the beginning of the show, we didn't, there's not a quite <laughs> format for the show for tonight. And, and this is kind of how, how we rock and, you know, yeah. when we're just having our regular conversations, but you know, that brings up the, um, the viral sensation, Mr. Oliver Anthony, Richmond, North of Richmond. <laughs> yes. And, yes. and just how much this one guy from Farmville, Virginia, not too terribly far away from where we've been known to uh, frequent, right. um, has become just an overnight because people have grasped onto the song. Now, of course, you know, you've got these right, these left wing magazines and, and stuff like Variety now is uh, talking about uh, Oliver Anthony's rich men of North Richmond is an instant smash among conservatives. Come on, man. It's more than just conservative. I've yeah. seen plenty of videos of non-conservatives listening to this song and saying, right. wow. And progressives now, progressives all of a sudden are wondering if he's a plant. <laughs> and, and like, this is how Come it on, is, man. This is how it is. I've heard this guy talk. If he's a plant, boy, he is very, very good at what he does. Yeah. Because, you know, it's just, but it's just the. It, it, it's just the the lyrics to his song and just what how they've resonated with yeah. everybody and they listen to it like man you know I, I, I'm working all these hours <laughs> and uh, uh, you know for BS pay yeah. and, and you know you're taxing me and and you're doing this and it's yeah people taking advantage of the government yeah. and of government programs it, and welfare and all these things that's exactly it man like it's just it's just a, a, a um the timing of this song and everything that's going on and i can so i guess i maybe i can understand why maybe people think like <laughs> <laughs> hey, is this might be a plant you know right <laughs> but you know it, it this is what people are looking for this is like people this is and he calls himself uh, himself a, a down the middle guy like he, yes, he considers exactly. himself a conservative like he he's not one way or the other no 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 he's he's a moderate for sure he for says sure. he's dead yeah. down the middle i mean who knows what all of his views are but in general sure. he says he's he's dead down the middle he hasn't been supportive of conservatives wanting to go to war and all these types of things he he hasn't been supportive of liberal you know policies financially and different things i mean like that's the thing there there is room for nuance we talk about it on the show all the time like why like right away you have a guy like that right and so this is it's so funny that you bring this up right so this oliver anthony thing i did not know who oliver anthony was i saw oliver anthony i found it i sent it out to you know on our on our group chat because i just thought the song was interesting i never heard of the guy before didn't know anything about him and then you know it's just like you start seeing more and more and more and more stuff and so it went from, I've, you know, found some video that like no one had seen, no one heard of the guy. Next thing you know, dude's got the number one song on iTunes. And then I think he had three of the top 10 songs on iTunes. Yep. And it just absolutely exploded. Now, okay. Why would that be? 
It's because no matter what, it's about authenticity. There you go. And when you see someone, you hear someone, you recognize that someone is authentic, you gravitate to it. Then the next thing that happens is people then have to label it. 100%. People have to figure out, well, what does he fit into? What what box do we put him in? Oh, well, he's got a beard. He's in Virginia. There are trees in the background of his of of the the thing that he shot of him singing. Yeah. Let's uh let, he, he's got to be conservative. He's got to be super right wing. He's got to be a huge Trump supporter. He's got to be this. Oh, well, you know what? He mentioned welfare. These are all racist dog whistles that are put into these songs that, you know, that rile people up. What? He talked about obesity. Yeah. How is that racist? <laughs> like, <laughs> how at its core is that possible? Like, it's just, you have to make this stuff make sense. Then you look at it and you go, okay. Now we're saying if a guy like this comes out who is talented and who's just trying to put out his own music, literally people were saying, you got to put this on Spotify. I can't find you here and there. And he's like, guys, I don't know how to do that. I'm trying to figure it out. I don't know. I'm not a, like, I'm not a musician guy. I'm not on a record label. I don't know how to load stuff up on this stuff. I'll try to figure it out. Right now you're already seeing the things like you talked about. It becomes suspicion. It becomes how do we categorize him? What's wrong? What's this about? And I guarantee you then it's going to be people digging into his past and trying to find oh, something. And like, that's it. It's, it's, it's like, why? Why can't you just listen to say, oh, I like that dude. He's got a good voice or, you know, I, I like that song. Or say, nah, not my cup of tea. Who cares? But it's like this thing now we are, it seems like people in general are just looking for identity, for their own identity, right? You would think social media has given people more identity than ever. In mm -hmm. reality, it's stripped everyone of identity. It's put everyone, so everyone in a in a basket. Everyone now yes. has to fit somewhere in a basket. Yes. So the more freedom you think you have, it's just less than less because you could be anything you wanted to be outside of you know before social media and everything. That's right. Because again, you didn't know anyone's. You know, you had an inkling, you had a suspicion, but you didn't ask, you didn't care, you didn't tell. Yeah. But you know, again, though, it's getting to the point though where people are hopefully starting to see through the the bull crap and trying to, the, to see through, like there is variety You're already trying to pin this guy as some conservative and, Oh, well it's, it's the call of, you know, of, of <laughs> what, what are they? Uh, what's the, uh, uh, the new Nazi the dog uh, whistles. The yeah, the, well, the new the, Nazi group. Uh, what do they call themselves? I don't even know if no, they're a real the group Proud or Boys not. or something. The proud like Boys that. or yeah, something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, so this is the song of the Proud Boys. You know, it, it's like, no, because you like again. If you go on to social media and you see people listening to the song and reviewing the song, I guarantee those are not Proud Boys that I've seen. Right watch those videos and react to those videos. You know, yep. it's, I'm, I'm hoping that this is just kind of a, a start of something, you know, I, I yeah. just an unassuming guy that that's kind of starting this, like, wait a second, you know what? They're not wrong about this stuff. You know, like, I don't know. It, yeah. Maybe nothing will do of it. And two weeks from now, we won't have any idea who Oliver Anthony is, you know, I mean, I, I don't, but <laughs> Right. You know, it, you just hope that there's something that just starts this conversation amongst people and amongst different, you know, right, left, whatever you are. Like, 
you know, nobody is really for you, right? I mean, yes. you, you pay these people, you vote these people to be your voice and they're not doing their jobs. Like it's time for people to stand up and demand better and to, and, and to make these people do better to demand them that you get in this office. We want term limits. We want you to, if you're, we're going to vote you in, that's the first thing you're going to work on is, is yeah. term limits. And guess what? If yeah. you don't, the next time around, you're not getting voted in. We're, we're voting someone else in until yeah. something happens where we do this, where we have fresh voices and we have not just this, this old establishment that just comes in here and just runs everything and tells everyone what to do. You know, um, it, it, I, I've seen, you know, just how anyone can like, say that this country is in a great place at this point in time. And I, we're way off topic. I don't know how I'm getting on this, but, but I just look at my grocery bill. Mm. My grocery bill is literally 50 to $80 more than it was three years ago. And that might mm. not like for me, like, yeah, it sucks. It hurts. You know, maybe I'm not doing quite as much. I'm not buying some uh, as much, but there's some people now that are are having to make a choice between Putting gas in the car, which also is up that 40, 50 <laughs> sure. bucks over what it was, you know, uh, right. I mean, yep. what it was, you know, I, I, you know, I'm probably paying $25 more than I was three years ago, 25, 30 bucks, you know, again, it, it hurts. Like, uh, of course I want that money in my pocket. I'm not going to, and, and thank God, you know, I, I'm, I'm blessed in that regard, but I'm not going to go broke if I have to put an extra 20 bucks in my car, but no, you're not losing know, the house. But I know plenty of people that 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 can happen to and, and that it is happening to. And, and now they're being forced to be on different type of assistance and, and, and you know, these things. And it's who was looking at this country and saying, we're in a great place where we're, this is awesome. And you know what? Those food prices, I was telling my wife, like, it's not like these food prices are going to go down, even if even Why if. Even if Trump cuts over, what, what do we think is going to happen? Food prices are now like going to go down. No, this is what you do. You get them to a certain point and then you just level them off and people figure, you know, that they, they, people now have to adapt and everything else, you know, and they're telling you not to eat meat and you're telling you, and I, and I believe that that's, that's a thing because if you look at the prices of like steaks and beefs and things like that, yeah, like sometimes I pass on that because I'm like, good Lord, man, like yeah. I, like. I'm just not spending this kind of money on this stuff, but it's not like those prices are going to go back down. I mean, gas, maybe gas always is a fluctuation of everything else, but like foods and things like that. It's not like hostess is going to all of a sudden be like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to decide to we're going to go ahead and lower our cupcakes to, <laughs> you know, back down to, to pre COVID levels. You know, Cause you're not yeah. going to do that because now you're just taking in all that extra money and, and it's just gonna. It's. I don't know what it's gonna take. It's just. Gonna, it's gonna take more than voting Trump back into office to offset this. Like it's, it has to be a complete and total overhaul. It has to be people standing up, demanding that their vote actually count for something, and that people actually yeah. do what they got to do. Maybe it's people like Oliver Anthony who comes out with these songs and gets people talking and gets people motivated to do more. I, I don't know what it is, but um, we went way off topic with that. And <laughs> my apologies. <laughs> oh, no, no, man. You're making great points. And I'll tell you this. You know, we mentioned Oliver Anthony. So Oliver Anthony had a quick uh, little show he cobbled together this past Sunday in North Carolina. He had put out a message about it. 
was a farmer's and, market, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and he was playing for like an hour. And over 5,000 people showed up to that. He said he had played the same place in June for 20 people. <laughs> so you tell me. We're in mid-August right now. In mid-June, that dude was playing for 20 people. And in mid-August, he's playing for over 5,000 people. And that 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 uh, show was announced on like 48 hours notice or something like yeah. that. Like he did, he, you know, it wasn't set up ahead of time. It wasn't a big thing. He threw a video out on social media and just said, hey, I'm going to be here if you get a chance. It'd be awesome. You know, stop by, whatever. And over 5,000 people. And then country singer Jamie Johnson showed up at that show and got on stage and sang a song with them as well, right? So it's just yeah. like things, good things can happen when people see authentic behavior. And, and you don't have to agree with everything that he feels or that he says. I think that's an amazing You can point. tell. Uh, yeah. Authentic behavior. Because this is exactly what you see. In the, and I, again, we could be proven 100% completely wrong on that, right? It could turn out sure. that this dude, you know, used to be... <laughs> a singer in some other band and you know right. he, you know he really is a plant i i don't believe it like <laughs> i said he i've seen plenty of his stuff and plenty of his videos to tell like this guy's in pure shock of what's happening yes yes but i've been fooled before I, i'm not saying i'm i'm unfoolable i'm yeah. pretty sure that's a word <laughs> but i think that's exactly 100 it. it's the authenticity that people see yeah. and that's that's people seeing that from every sect of you know from poor to, to middle class black white asian i, I know yep. plenty of people who've learned this song and they're not all just you know yeah <laughs> right-wing trump supporters i right. promise you that i promise you that that they're not yeah and uh, it is just the authenticity of it that um, that people are are so attracted to i think and just him yeah. and his, you know, his guitar up there. You know, he's got his dog laying in the background. You know, right. it's just so <laughs> one assuming. You know, yeah, yeah. very good point. Well, I'll tell you too. You know, the the thing you were talking about, like, you know, where the country is and having honest conversations about stuff. And I'll tell you two people that I've been, you know, kind of listening to talk and liking more and more, being more and more interested in. I'm talking about presidential candidates here is, and again, not saying that they're perfect, not saying that I necessarily agree with everything that they say, but that they're making very interesting points and have very interesting perspective. One is Robert Kennedy jr. And the other is this guy, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy. And both of these guys handle these topics incredibly well very nuanced take uh, are very reasonable guys to, to listen to talk. Uh, but, but do seem to be, you know, shedding some light, shining some light in some areas that really have been in darkness for quite a while. Yeah. And, you know, and saying it, saying things that could be controversial and, but they would only be controversial because no one else is saying them, not because they shouldn't be said. Right. And I've enjoyed both of those, both of those guys, I feel like have made some very interesting points and, uh, and, and have been fascinating to listen to on a bunch of different topics. So yeah, I would highly recommend anyone out there. You know, you can find many videos. These guys are out there. They're running for president. They're doing a lot of work on social media. 
They've done interviews. You can find them. It's easy to look stuff up. Robert Kennedy Jr. and uh, Vivek Ramaswamy I think, could be very interesting candidates. And, uh, you know, again, do they end up being president? Maybe not. Do they end up vice president? Maybe. Do they end up in some other position of power? Who's to say? Uh, but there's a lot of interesting things, you know, going on with them for sure. So yeah. I uh, don't know if you've had a lot of exposure to them, but I've, I've really enjoyed. Nope. I saw numbers. one with uh, Vivek the other day where he was speaking with someone who claimed to be pansexual and, and, you I know, saw and that. it was, yeah, I just, <laughs> my wife was like, what does and that? And he handled it like, beautifully. He handled it just absolutely beautiful. You know, yeah. it just, it's weird, man, to see like guys like Wayne Brady come out and be like, I'm pansexual. I'm like, who cares? Like, yes. why? Why is that something we need to know? Yeah. And the only reason they need to know is because now he needs to be in, you know, now he's he's exempt from from criticism and he's exempt yeah. from all this stuff because now he's a part of uh, this minority group of like very, very small minorities of people. Like, <laughs> you just say like, oh, I'm pansexual and then just date a woman and you're like, well, exactly. okay, well. <laughs> doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's just the weirdest thing but you know he handled Vivek handled it very well like he, he it, to the point where the girl like what are you gonna what are you gonna say when someone comes to you yeah. like that and the way he handled it what, what can you say you want to yell and scream you could tell like she wanted to get and then she's just like that's right he was ready to be down. riled up yeah and he backed her down so easily to where it was just like well, okay. Shakes his hand and walks yeah, off. Yeah, literally right? shook you know? his hand. Thank you for talking about this. And then yeah. left like, oh, that didn't go the way I thought it was going to go. Yeah. And then he's exactly like, hey, thank you for being, uh, you know, cordial with me and having yeah. having the conversation with me. And really, he didn't have it. She didn't have a conversation with him. He just did all the talk. <laughs> right. She yeah. asked the question and he answered it knowing yeah. full well that she would want to fight with him or battle with him on, on That's this it. topic, knowing it's controversial. And he was like, no, I'll tell you exactly where I stand. And we might not agree. And I'm okay with that. And you have to be okay with it. Like, yeah, that's the deal. Like that's okay. Yeah. We don't have to agree, but I'm going to tell you how I feel. Again, and there it is. There's that, there's that middle, middle ground, middle thing. And I just, yeah. uh, man, I need more people to be a part of this. You know, the more, yeah. <laughs> the more we get into this, like 2024 is going to be a big year. I, I just, yeah. it could very well shape what happens from here on out. I mean, it, I mean, it is going to shape what happens from here on mm -hmm. out. It's just, sure. you know, it, 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 just be careful how you vote. I mean, and I mean that from both sides, be careful. Absolutely. How you vote. I mean, yep. yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if there's a right answer. I don't. That's some thing. are more wrong than others. I mean, if I had my way, neither, neither Biden nor, nor right. Trump would run again. Yeah. Like they just wouldn't be allowed like, or, or Biden would just step down and, and they would let it be a true, uh, a true. And they're not going to do that because, you know, not everyone, I mean, there's just all the special interests and you've got all these people and, you know, people don't really care what Trump says, like, or, you know, they just care how they can make money off of, of what he does. And I yeah. think that goes both ways, you know, because <laughs> news is pretty boring now that, that they don't have <laughs> Trump to be talking about. That was yeah. the quickest four-year presidency of my entire life because <laughs> it was nonstop every single day. I mean, you know, it's yeah. it's like, oh, what, a year's already up? Like, it's this controversy, it's that controversy. And, you know, that had to be, you know, CNN had to love having him as president. Oh. As much as they wanted to, you know, pretend like they hated it, they had to love it. Complained all the way to the bank. 
Yeah, exactly right. And so. you saw what happened after he gets out. Now they're losing viewerships and people are getting right. fired and you know, it's yeah. falling you know, apart. It's, it's falling apart because now you don't have any you you've built this up to where now you have to like you were so extreme with it and people were so into it and then when it's done and now you're not gonna play the same way with the next president, then people are like, Well, this kind of is boring. Yeah, I don't want right. I don't want to hear about this. <laughs> so I mean if I had my way, they both would step aside and they both would um, you know, just yeah. Yeah, I mean, because I don't know. I mean, Kennedy would have to run as an independent, I suppose. I mean, I think so, but I mean, because yeah, yeah, I don't know who they're gonna put in. I mean, like, who's gonna who's gonna make him the Democratic candidate? Because they're literally having to put him in front of Biden, even though. Yeah, and I don't think they would do that. Can they do that? I don't know. I mean, I, I, I I'm not real sure. Again, if Biden why? says he's running and he's already said it, then I think he's got to be the candidate. He's the president. Like, I mean, I, I guess right. So I mean, I assume the the DNC would appoint him. I, I don't know that that's ever been something that they haven't. Right. I don't know. Again, reasons why I can never be president. Cause I don't know how any of this stuff works. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, let me say this. It would definitely be uh, a pretty n- negative sign. If a sitting president couldn't, <laughs> if, 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 if his own party was like, no, 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 we want this guy to be the candidate moving forward. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. a bad sign yeah. for you. Or or you two can have a runoff and, and determine, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So. Yeah. But then if he goes independent, now you're like, it's just. It, it's so hard. It's so hard. Yeah. It, it's. I've always said like having just the two tiered system is like it, it, it just not. It, it just doesn't work. I, I mean, and I get like, but you're just taking votes away from one side or the other. Like there's got to be a better way to do this. Although I don't know, I don't know what better way is for people just to vote for who they think is the best candidate. I just, they want independent people to, to run because it just takes away those precious votes from That's that. Right. So, I mean, yeah. And Kennedy would get probably as much as uh, who was probably Ross Perot was probably the most yeah. uh, famous independent that uh, garnered the most votes, but I guarantee Kennedy would, would definitely top that if he runs, but he's got the just, name. He's got the look. He's got the experience. Um, you know, he presents himself the right way. I, 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 yeah. I mean, I think, I think if if he could actually get out there, he could make some noise for sure. Make some noise, yeah, yeah. And that just depends on who he takes votes away from, because I, I it, that would be the only thing. So, well, yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, why don't we do this? Let's get ready to wrap this sucker up. Um. Do you have anything else you want to touch on? I've got two quick little trivia, not even trivia. This is, I got two baseball facts that I'm going to end with before anyone says, well, I'll turn this off. I don't care about baseball too much. I've got two that you might be interested in um, that we'll close out with, but uh, do you have anything before we do that? No, I mean, um, no, I mean, you know, some football things. Calvin Cook signing with the Jets. Bills, yeah. I feel like really messed up an opportunity there. Um, we'll see. Uh, and then surprisingly, Ezekiel Elliott with the Patriots. Elliott with the Patriots. That was. He's a short yardage oh, guy, man. I mean, yeah. he's just yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a great thing, but you know, Ramondre is a great running back there. So I mean, and then I just I don't know where where Dalvin fits in with the Jets. You know, I mean, Bruce Hall's coming back. Um, huh. He was the guy they drafted so very weird uh jets clearly going for it 
good for them. Yeah, it's good a one-year deal with Dalvin Cook, so I think they're yeah. just looking at it like, Brees will be fine. <laughs> He'll get yeah. over this. We're going yeah. for a Super Bowl. We're, we're going for it. So, yeah. I mean, it's got to be fun for the fans. I mean, it's just yeah. they haven't made the playoffs in a decade. So, I mean, it's yeah. probably more than that at this point, probably 12 years. Yeah, Mark Sanchez, right? Would yeah. Have been like the last one with Rex yeah. Ryan. So, yeah. you know, it's good for them. Uh, it's nice to see they actually have something to look forward to going into the season instead of uh, always the false hope of the next right. great quarterback hype coming through. So, <laughs> But that's it. We'll be doing. Um, I guess here in a couple of weeks we'll be doing our our uh, yeah our football uh, season picks and prognostications. Prognostications. Yes. Yeah, they're going to be awesome. They'll be you definitely take these to the bank uh, when we yeah. give yeah. these. There's no biases <laughs> at all or anything. Nope. So. Nope. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope. I mean, I, I, I'm considering. I definitely think Justin Tucker is going to win MVP. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> the Ravens kicker. I, I and mean, that's yeah. a, take that to the bank right now. So sure. get the odds now because once we put it out, Caesars and everybody they're going to they're going to change go the odds. This yeah. is the time to get in. Steelers will be yeah. the first uh, twenty and O team in NFL history. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you go. So these are the time. This is the time. You take advantage of these early betting lines to really lock in some big, big wins. Two weeks from now, make sure you're tuned in. (laughs) We're going to make you some fat cash. That's right. Have your accountant on the call or listening as well. Like you want, you want somebody right there ready to move money as needed. As Colin Coward (laughs) once said, I move the needle. So. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I wish he would. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know exactly what he should do with that needle. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I got a couple quick things here, man, and then we'll we'll wrap this sucker up. So a little baseball fact. I thought this was uh, pretty, pretty interesting. So the rule was in baseball that if a ball passed the foul pole fair, but then curved foul behind it, it counted as a foul ball. That used to be the way foul balls were considered. So if it curved behind the pole and then went foul behind the pole, so nowadays that's a home run. A straight line and that runs yes. indefinitely forever. Um, right. Kind of like that whole football thing where that line extends for Around eternity. the world. Yeah. That's right. So there was also a rule for a time that balls hitting beyond the wall and then bouncing back into play were live balls. It's estimated that Babe Ruth lost about 75 home runs because of those two rules. Oh my gosh. (laughs) 75 home runs because, you know, it would hit the stands and come back in. Well, that's not a home run. And if it curved behind the foul pole and you know, that's not a home run. Yeah. Babe Ruth lost approximately 75 home runs due to those two things. Poor Babe Ruth. Yeah. <laughs> Poor guy don't, can't get a break. Don't, don't feel too bad for him, you know, considering he never yeah, he, had it to. it turned out okay. But. Yeah. And, and considering <laughs> he never once had to face a, uh, a person of color um, <laughs> on the mound or anything. So, yeah. Yeah. We'll, yeah. Huh? we'll let this one pass, Major League Baseball <laughs> stats. <laughs> Now, here's another one. 
you will remember certainly because this is a guy who played uh in in our uh, formative years watching baseball jamie moyer you remember pitcher jamie uh, moyer yeah pitched for uh seattle. kansas city royals seattle um mm-hmm. i think he pitched for a couple couple teams right yeah during jamie moyer's first season okay over there yeah think so i was looking down i was like what, what just happened i thought that fox got in <laughs> scratching at the door <laughs> so during jamie moyer's first season pitching in the major leagues phil necro was still in the league and during jamie moyer's last season bryce harper was a rookie which is crazy because Phil Necro signed as a pro in 1958 and Bryce Harper was drafted in 2010. What is that? A 25 plus year career? I mean, it has to be crazy. It is crazy to think Phil Necro signed in 1958, but played, I mean, he, he, he he played for such a long time. Oh yeah. He probably played 40 years. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, so yeah. So Jamie Moyer first season, Phil Necro still in the league last season, Bryce Harper, a rookie. So that's the span from 1958 to 2010 uh, is, is between Phil Necro starting in baseball and Bryce Harper starting in baseball and Jamie Moyer right in between the center of the Venn diagram between it's, Phil Necro and Bryce Harper. Uh, 25 year career. Yep. He is 60 years old now. Jeez. Crazy. Jamie Moyer is Jamie Moyer is 60 years old. Wow. Yeah, that's insane. Wow, Golly. that's that's that makes you feel bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh. I think he was uh, about forty-six when I was watching him. That's so. <laughs> exactly. It. Yeah, it's like I don't want to think about the fact that I saw Jamie Moyer pitch at twenty-six, and uh, and now he's sixty. Now he's he's gonna be on the cover of AARP, and meanwhile, I had his baseball card when I was. <laughs> right oh my gosh yeah so shout out to you Jamie Moore. yeah so anyway that's i had those two baseball things i have lots of other stuff but uh you know want to be conscious of time so we don't uh we don't well let me throw one much. more one baseball stat yeah. at you no, wh- this you is got? the well the greatest player of all time in my opinion um mm. and i'm 100 correct barry bonds Listen to these stats from 2001 to 2004. All right. 349 batting average, 559 on base percentage, 809 slugging percentage, 486 runs, 438 RBIs, 209 homers, 8 triples, 112 doubles, 244 singles, 755 walks, 284 of them were intentional and 239 strikeouts. Four straight MVPs. Get this man in the Hall of Fame. I do not care what he did. I don't care if he did drugs or steroids in the batter's box warming up. (laughs) Get this man in the Hall of Fame now. It is a crying shame. It is a just... just a straight up. I, I don't even know what I, I don't want to call it's it. Travesty. I don't want to call it. It's a travesty. It's, a travesty. it's just these 
old head baseball writers who have such an ill will towards him because he was not very kind to them. Yep. And they're just using this as a grudge. And let's be honest, he never got technically caught. We all know he did. I mean, I don't think anyone has any, yeah. any uh, unless he just was really, really good at working out and, you know, ballooned Incredibly up the good. way he did. He's so but good at making his skull like bigger. He was doing skull <laughs> exercises. <laughs> but let's not pretend that every person in that era was doing it and that Major League Baseball yes. was encouraging it. Get yep. this man in the Hall of Fame. The greatest single player of my entire life I've ever watched. And I'm old enough to have seen many a player and there's never been. I, I remember when John, not John Madden, who's Madden? Madden. Uh, Joe Madden, the, Joe you mean the major Madden. league? Yeah. Joe Madden intentionally walked this man with the bases loaded. <gasps> and I said, my gosh, man, like how scared this, must they be of you? They just, they just, they would rather bring a run in by intentionally walking you. Get this man in the Hall of yeah. Fame. Yeah. Well said. Well said. Thank you. Thank you. I really you know want to talk a lot today, so I apologize <laughs> for everyone out there. We need to get to Barry it. Bonds on the show. We need to get Barry Bonds on the show. <laughs> yeah. If you're listening, Barry, Barry. we should reunite the Killer Bees on this show. Oh, Bobby Bonilla, Barry Bonds, come together on You Get the Horns. You're welcome here. Time to talk. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yep. I don't even know if they, if they if they have uh, fences that need mending, but you know what? If you do, let's mend those fences here. Let's mend them. Let's get let's the killer them. bees yeah, on this show. Yeah, we'll bring in Andy Vance, like just to uh, be the middle <laughs> person, and yeah, yeah, the old mediator himself, That's Andy Vance. <laughs> <laughs> stay right in between just just keep everybody that's moving it. and happy and yeah maybe we'll bring in matt williams as well because i think he really disliked matt williams and i think matt williams really disliked him as well so we'll bring him <laughs> barry's got a lot of fences to men barry, barry well, come on we'll figure out who you offended and yeah we'll get you in and we'll bring them on surprise yeah. you with them yeah and this is the conversation <laughs> you know <laughs> we will single-handedly get you back in that hall of fame where you belong that's right yeah. that's right we're gonna make this happen for you barry so yeah. so yeah i mean and listen bobby benia you're welcome on by yourself clearly but but really we're really trying to make this a two a two 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 player thing here so yeah. uh yeah, yeah i was gonna say a twosome uh but then that felt close to threesome and then i was gonna mm. say a two-way that also felt weird so yeah just got stuck I, on where to go with stuck it. on the two i got gotcha. you yeah <laughs> I went into a loop there. I couldn't, <laughs> couldn't get on. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Well, anyway, I think we've done enough damage. Uh, we've said all that there is to say. We've said too much. And yet no. not enough. And yet still it's never quite enough. Never. So. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, with that having been said, we will wrap it up for, for uh, this episode. Thank you to our global audience. Uh, and for those of you listening, if you enjoy the show, as you do, we hear from you. We hear from many, many of you that do enjoy the show. Encourage you to share the show with your friends, your family. We're trying to grow this thing. We're always trying to build the army. Share the show, man. Put it out there. Uh, you know, bring people into the fold. Uh, you know, if you interact with us, particularly on YouTube, you know, we're very active in the comments and, you know, talking with folks. We have a lot of, a lot of uh, people that, you know, are, 
consistently, you know, listening and commenting on our stuff. And we've made some, you know, some great friends through the, through the show. So, you know, make sure you're sharing the show, keep it, keep it going for people. And, uh, and, you know, we'll, we'll do our best to keep you entertained and, and uh, have a good time. Absolutely. So, with all that having been said, thank you everybody. And good night. Good night.